is a special day, right? What's my wife's birthday? It's your wife's birthday. Happy birthday, yeah. Jill. We should, we, should, we, should, we, should, we should holler out to her on the, uh, on the episode. That's great. It's wonderful. A- absolutely. So without putting too much thought into it, because <laughs> what, what do we ever do in that area? What's your... Uh... We're really kind of simple people, Jeff. We don't, we don't overthink anything. That's, that's right. Uh, what is your number one karaoke jam? Oh, Okay, but you got to read the room on karaoke jams, okay? Because no, 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 I'm to- I'm totally serious about this. Okay, so like I have three go-tos. Okay. Okay. All right. I can do Elvis Devil in Disguise. Hmm. I can do Bon Jovi Wanted Dead or Alive. Okay? Okay. All right. Or the third one is Poison Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Oh, a banger. A karaoke you got to read the room, Jeff, because there's, you know, sometimes that karaoke that, stuff can get really complicated. Okay? Is it is it like the song you choose which song based on the degree of alcohol you're you're tempting in the much. room? Yes, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, if you if you bomb with every rose has its thorn, then you've you're in trouble. They're going to kick you out. They're going to kick gonna... you out because it's one of those power ballads that, uh, you know, and I, I will get to power ballads today. But I, I'm telling you, man. Oh, yes, we will telling you if you screw that song up i mean you will crush every 50 year old in the room uh mm-hmm. as well as probably every other person in the room who's going oh that's a sweet song i wish he he hadn't screwed that up is it a sweet uh, song and you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know let's get brett michaels on here we'll have him uh talk about it i you know um the elvis stuff though too jeff i mean like mm-hmm. if you if you pull out an Elvis tune, but you know, here's the, I, I may be naive, but you can kind of do Elvis in karaoke and do an Elvis impersonation. Like you can sing it as an Elvis impersonation kind of yes. voice and mm-hmm. it goes right. Because most everybody is singing with you by right. like a minute into the song. Right. So um, it becomes less about you and more about just performing like for the crowd at the bar mm. and getting them riled up and stuff like that. Yeah. But those are, those are my three. I'd have to say the most Elvisy thing you can do Elvis impersonation wise at karaoke is suspicious minds. It's that I avoid that one because see, that's, oh. that's like, that's like the, that's like the, see, if you do devil in disguise, people think of like, you know, Lilo and stitch. They think of like other little movies where that, that song has been like, included um, and it's <laughs> and it's just a fun roustabout tune right if you do if you do uh uh um i can't help falling in love with you or yeah. suspicious minds or one of those songs like that you're just you're asking for trouble you're going to get yeah. into a bar fight with some dude who like used to know <laughs> elvis back in the day well, now, right now, i mean it's well, not going to go well but now we're just speaking specifically about karaoke in Memphis and running and running in Memphis karaoke and running into one of the TCB crew, you know, (laughs) Uh, we're lonely PhDs. I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes. He's Dr. Joseph Watson. We, um, you know, uh, we like to talk about movies. That's kind of our jam. It's what we do uh, each week. Uh, we watch a couple films this week. Dr. Watson watched Over the Top, the 1987 Sylvester Stallone classic directed by Menahem Golan of Golan Globus fame. And I hope we do get into a little side discussion about that because that is one of my areas of absolute, like, still fascination <laughs> to this day. Uh, I watched a film called The Worst Person in the World, 
2021 from Joachim Trier. And uh, I am now, I, I, when you texted me over the top and then you posted the poster on our Discord, I was like, he's so giddy with excitement about this. I can't even begin to think. And then the thing locked in my head. I went, oh, I get it. It's the Kenny Loggins verse. Oh, I understand now. There is this the is, connection. You got it. You got it. You got it. He does have a ballad. He does. Meet me halfway. <laughs> Another one that was all over the radio and he's just laughing and cashing checks, cackling. Didn't didn't Giorgio Moroder do this score? Yes. Uh, it's just okay. You got to get into it. I, I can't. Okay. All right. I yeah, can't yeah. <laughs> so uh, over the top uh, is uh, an action movie without the action. Uh, it's really a father son story. Um, I like to describe over the top as junk food from the eighties because it's uh, not necessarily going to kill you. It's not great for you, but it's going to taste real good when you're watching it because it does have uh, so much badness to it that you have to kind of like it uh, at the end um, of the day. Uh, so Sylvester Stallone, Jeff, plays truck driver Lincoln Hawk uh, of Hawk Trucking. And um, you can, you know what? That is exactly what sold my dad. <laughs> that was, you didn't even, you didn't even get past that in the trailer. Like he was just like truck driver, Sylvester Stallone. Sold. Sold. Um, so uh, Stallone, you know, is uh, particularly in the 80s, Jeff Stallone was um, known for playing a lot of blue collar kinds of characters. Um, you know, for, uh, Rambo was actually kind of blue collar uh, a guy. Uh, he also played a cab driver in Rhinestone. Um, you have to check that movie out. Uh, that's alone. How, how dare Martin. you invoke the curse of Rhinestone? Uh, and then uh, uh, also a movie called Lock Up, which was in the oh movie, yeah, uh, where he plays a, a blue collar mechanic. Um, so so you know, truck driver, not really out of uh, Stallone's purview, right, as an mm -hmm. actor. But um, he uh, also is uh, he arm wrestles for money. So he's part of this uh, arm wrestling culture uh, that uh, I never knew existed in the 80s until this movie uh, brought that forth. Thank you. Uh, but the, the story basically is that Stallone uh, Lincoln is is trying to um, repair and build a relationship with his son. Um, and he is in sort of a warfare kind of situation with um, the grandfather. His, his stepfather uh, does not want Lincoln around the kid, does not want anything doesn't want any kind of establishment there. And the kid is, uh, has been at a military school and he's got a little bit of time off and his dying mother, Sloan Lincoln's wife wants them to spend a little bit of time together so that they can, you know, get to know each other because Lincoln's really not that bad of a guy. So, uh, it's, it's essentially a father son story, uh, disguised as an action film, uh, without the action, it's basically a road movie. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, pretty still it's pretty slow uh it has a third act that includes everything you want from a rocky-esque kind of stallone situation where he's uh you know david versus goliath he's he's not gonna win this thing because there's these other arm wrestlers that were real arm wrestlers in the day who uh you know were four or five times his size um but of course he you know beats the odds and and repairs his relationship with his son and we have this sort of lovely lovely happy-go-lucky ending um but uh yeah 
Over the Top is, uh, it happened at Stallone's career height, I would say. Uh, he got $12 million for doing this movie. I'm sorry, what? Um, $12 million. <laughs> that's 1987 this. money. In 1987, I mean, that's... that's correct. I, <clears throat> I don't know what that is adjusted today, but I'm sure it's more. Um, and uh, this uh, has one of the best cheesy ballad induced soundtracks of the 80s which includes tunes by kenny loggins but also mm-hmm. by sylvester stallone's brother frank who well, is of course it's a it's a stallone movie he's gonna oh, have frank right. in there that's right his brother's gotta 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 have a gig in there somewhere too uh we we might also mention that um in this movie robert loggia who's a fantastic character actor just choose the scenery up, Jeff. In this, movie. that's Robert Loja, right? As the, uh, <laughs> as the as the the evil uh, uh, grandfather uh, stepfather character, uh, he's he's juicy. He's juicy to watch. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit of side story here. That when I was digging some stuff up about this, um, Sylvester Stallone actually pinned Roger Ebert up against the wall. This is in the documentary "The Go Go Boys" uh, about the 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 Canon film, the Canon, <laughs> uh, and um, uh, pinned him up against the wall and said, "Listen, you can talk trash about my movie, but I don't want you talking trash about me." You got it. Apparently, that's a true story. Um, that uh, that, and it was about this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you haven't read Roger Ebert's review of this movie, you, you should look it up. It's quite fun. Um, but uh, this was part of the canon verse, Jeff. So you mentioned uh, Menahem Golan and Yoram Globus, uh, Golan Globus partnership, uh, created what we know of as canon films uh, yes. in uh, late 70s, early 80s, uh, on into a little bit of the 90s before it just kind of died away and kind of got sold off in pieces uh, to, to different uh, different companies. Um, but they produced a lot of like really low budget B movies uh, throughout the 80s. A lot of them that we love and and, mm-hmm. and cherish in different ways. Um, but uh, they were really kind of like the Roger Corman of the 80s uh, in terms of just churning stuff out left oh, and yeah. right. Um, and uh, some of them were, you know, just throwing darts at the wall, right? Like we'll we'll see if that movie works or if that movie works. But they did. They did do a lot with certain action heroes, right? So Stallone. They created an amazing amount of action heroes. Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, is another one. Chuck Norris found a lot of good work with uh, canon films uh, from the Delta Force all the way down to like missing my action films. I mean, mean, Jean-Claude Van Damme's the whole blood sport, like, you know. Kickboxer. All of those. Like, so they, they were really good at understanding like we're going to take karate or martial arts and we're going to make, you know, uh, a really successful B movie out of this. I mean, who could, who couldn't forget Michael Dudikoff, the American Ninja. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, so if you, I mean, if you really want a a slice of pie from eighties pop culture, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a great documentary called the go-go boys. And it, it details uh, kind of the rise of Canon films, the, and the, the, the fall of it as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, they were just, you know, over the top is another one in their, uh, uh, in their, um, canon. And, and it's just, it's, uh, just one of those that stands that you got to talk about it because it's Stallone truck driving arm wrestling 
I mean, if you're not like intrigued by those three things, then there's something wrong, right? You're, you're missing something in your life. Um, I, I can't it, re- it, was, it was between this or Chuck Norris's, I'll have to do this movie later, but um, Invasion USA. I knew you were going to say Invasion I mean, USA. I mean, I, was, I, mean, I just, come that on. That movie is just like. The poster alone for oh. that movie. Guys, little Uzis standing, you know, just like, man, it is just like, that is some prime cut Chuck Norris right there. It is, it is. And so maybe that maybe that's a future episode, but I just felt like Over the Top was one that we that we needed to hit on uh, out of the park first. Well, so. well, I think that Over the Top, though, that's the one that, if I'm remembering from the documentary, it's been a few years now since I've seen it, but uh, uh, was that the one that put the nail in the coffin? Like they just, they, they put up a lot of money and then it just it bombed i mean bombed bombed so i think they had two films uh that really kind of sunk them um one was life force with Mm -hmm. toby Toby hooper the toby hooper film yeah um which is actually another little like interesting space vampires like who would have thought that's a great idea didn't Um, dan bannon he did yeah he did and um and it's not a bad little film but i mean life force and over the top i mean they were just they were just spending way Mm -hmm. more than they had and over the top just didn't you know i mean neither one of those movies life force or over the top made no at all and so at that point i think what you really started to see was um not necessarily that they totally died but what happened was they had more direct video titles they mm-hmm. had you know just a smaller distribution they didn't get as wide of distribution after that yeah um because you know the funds just weren't just were not there um but i would say really from like 83 to 87 just a slew of films i mean it felt like they were producing sometimes three four five films uh every six months almost mm-hmm. Um, another one I should mention in, in that time frame that caused their collapse was Masters of the Universe. You know, their their He Man. I always forget that they did that. Film, that yeah. they did that film, yeah, with Frank Langella as Skeletor. Um, it's it's uh, it's ultimate cheese. But um, yeah, those those three. I mean, just again, big budgets, big actors wide distribution not a good roi so you know it's just you you do enough of those and it's you know it's it's going to sink at some point so i i would i would assume it was probably not the best choice in the world for golan to direct this even though he was a frustrated director um i think he always wanted to be a director yeah you know, I mean, I, I think he, I, and there's a lot of us who want to direct, but that doesn't mean that we, that we should, but um, I think he, I think he, you know, uh, he directed Delta Force, he directed mm-hmm. uh, this one, he's, he directed a few in the, you know, in the overall schemata of, of their releases, but uh, I can't point to one off the top of my head that went that one. Mm-hmm. that one was a hit right there. Well, it's, I, it's, it's also surprising that this comes at a time for Stallone too, where he now achieved you know weird auteur status in the pop culture because he directed rocky two three and four that's right um and had complete control over those uh made a crap load of money you know i mean i'm just like that's what i've never understood about over the top i'm just like i wonder why he didn't push you know to do it i mean did he did he know it was a turkey i i I just you know take my 12 million and just show up or uh, you know that's a that's a great question because it it begs excuse me it begs us to to ask 
whether you know i've said this before no one sets out to make a bad movie right i mean you don't mm-hmm. go into it going i'm gonna make the shittiest movie ever i mean uh you want to do your best but this is a script jeff that came from sterling Siliphant, mm-hmm. who is no you know stranger to writing excellent scripts stallone himself was writing scripts in mm-hmm. the you know in the um in the 80s because maybe he won Oscar for Rocky, right? Uh, so he, you know, uh, he was he had established himself. But I think this was also, from what I recall, uh, that in in at this point in the eighties, Stallone had developed a really negative reputation as being kind of a prima, wanted all this money, wanted all this creative control, as you were saying. And so you would think that, you know, if there was a commentary track. I mean, Manon's not with us anymore, but if, if there was a commentary track for this, I'm sure that there would be a litany of stories of where there were creative disagreements. I know that um, from just reading what I did read that Stallone had expected a little more action. It wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't so much intended to be two people driving, a father and son driving all over the country. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously they beefed up the third act to try to include as much of it as they could. Um, but I can't imagine that he didn't have creative differences and, and trying mm-hmm. to argue for different things, you know, um, in that in that process. Um, I mean, just to come to the decision, though, that it's a truck driving arm wrestling, you know, at some point in the yeah. development, I mean, even the most savvy of business people will go, should we change the sport? <laughs> Maybe boxing. People know Stallone for boxing. Um, it could be another. Um, I, I don't get. And obviously, it, it wasn't necessarily Stallone's uh, uh, ego or anything in terms of the role, because he plays. You know, he played blue collar workers before. He had even, uh, you know, in Nighthawks, he yeah. dresses up as a woman, like in the in mm-hmm. the in the in the movie. So it's not like he. He was worried about putting himself out there in some sort of way. Um, uh, And so I I just I can't think of why someone didn't step in and go maybe a different action here uh, as opposed to the to the arm wrestling thing. But I mean, I think Mm -hmm. much like, say, a movie like Rad in the mid eighties, you know, was trying to uh, to sort of like celebrate the BMX culture explosion. Mm -hmm um there are some surfing movies in the 80s some skateboarding movies like there's you know so i'm sure that canon you know the 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 intelligentsia in the canon uh you know front offices were were thinking well arm wrestling nobody's done that yet let's you know let's let's go with that Uh, i mean we we just had a huge hit with breakdancing so you know right right what's next you know just throwing darts at the wall to see you know to see what well let's try it you know Um, kids there there is a very fun movie called (laughs) breaking uh and we actually had rewatched that in the last few years and it is it is a treat it it is it is hard to believe that this film got made uh it did did so well that they turned Mm -hmm. around within less than six months and we're already shooting breaking two electric Electric boogaloo Boogaloo. yeah which is probably one of the best titles that i can ever think of um uh but uh but yeah this just finding that whatever that niche was in the culture that hadn't been exploited yet let's put Mm -hmm. it in a movie let's you know uh let's try to work it into the plot because we can just profit off of it so 
you know, you got to give them credit for, uh, for doing it. Yeah. You know, I mean, they got it done. They got it. I think it's always a miracle when people get movies made, you know? Um, well, it's too, it's, yeah. it's in trying to understand in the history of cinema too, like these, these production houses, you know, that, that, that had their time, you know, they, they had their run and uh, a comparable one right now is a 24, you know, they're enjoying uh, 10 years. I think they're celebrating their 10th year this year. And it's just like, you know, um, and they've been accused in, in many circles of, of film criticism and, and, and that they're very exploitive through marketing, like that they, they've created, they basically jumped on the brand wagon and really is have wrote it for you know all it's worth but in a24's defense they have been very smart and taken their monies and just kept putting it into the next projects and the next project i mean they they've given us some of the most talked about horror films of the last 10 years you know outside of bloom house actually i mean we're talking about midsummer um i mean it's it's really their run has been kind of incredible yeah, they've 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 um, attached they've hitched their wagon to a lot of talented directors too. You know, I mean, I know Ty West has worked with them. The, yes. the uh, prequel for um, for his film uh, X just came out. Um, yeah, Pearl. Yeah, yeah, Pearl, uh, which I'm interested in seeing. But the, yeah, the, I think the the trick to A24 is that they've they have invested in talent you know it wasn't mm-hmm. like somebody in the front office said like like Benham was like i'm going to direct you know no it's it's let, let's invest in the in the talent and really nourish uh you know just letting people have modest budgets you know but but creative control and then you see what comes back you know which is uh, some really quality stuff especially horror stuff but they're just not in they're not only in horror they're doing all kinds of stuff so mm-hmm. um they're very diversified but you know they got that mark cuban money so that's true too you know but it doesn't hurt there yeah you know yeah so uh uh we're lonely phds and uh i'm dr jeffrey hayes he's dr joseph watson we just got done discussing over the top the 1987 film starring sylvester stallone uh directed by menahem golan uh and i'll just throw again a real quick plug on this it's just like yes go watch that canon documentary it is it's a lot of fun to just reminding you about, or at least for us, reminding us all about just like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's right, they did that movie. <laughs> and just like a, just like a very, very warm and happy, again, going back to video stores, right? Like a very warm and happy feeling of seeing that Canon, that Canon logo, which is very distinctive, you know, even, uh, even to this day, when I see it, I think of, I think of the Canon logo, I think of the New World Pictures Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, logo that would come up. Um, Vestron would be another one. Um, who else? What, what? Let's see. I don't know. Those are three of the big ones. Um, I, you know, I used to get excited when the Columbia TriStar thing would come on. You know, with the little uh, yeah, yeah. Always <laughs> mean. TriStar pictures used to always mean it was it was going to be good. Yeah. Uh, Touchstone was another one that had the little. little oh yeah, the, the thing that logo. went across the bottom. Yeah. yeah lightning or whatever orion um, had a good one orion had a great one uh, yeah. that's that's true yeah there were several um really really neat ones where if you knew if, if you saw that you were like okay i'm probably <laughs> in for something cool you know <laughs> yeah. oh well this week uh i i engaged with a a a, a film that won a lot of favor at this uh, past year's con uh film festival i don't think we've really gotten into a lot of 
uh, 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 con films. Uh, and not because we're hoity-poity. Uh, that's, I do not gauge these film festivals that way. I mean, I'll watch anything. So, I mean, it, that's kind of what we do. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, because I know there's a lot of people go, oh, the con festival. I'm like, it's just a film festival. It doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just another festival on the stop, guys. Yeah. I, I came to this film, the, the worst person in the world. Uh, I started to read about it. Uh, before it had actually had English translation on it, it had had really caught fire in Europe, and uh, I, I was just I was just interested that someone had tried to make a coming of age film for you know your late twenties because you know you you more associate that with of course the teen you know the teen stuff or when you first go to college. Now this film. And quick synopsis right here is that this chronicles uh, four years in the life of a character named Julie, uh, a young woman who navigates the troubled waters of her of her love life with these with essentially what it comes to be is two central men in her life uh, and struggles to find a career path, uh, you know, leading her to take a realistic look at who who she really is. Um, this is a very difficult type of movie to make uh, because it's just like there's so many minefields here, you know, you can, you can lay into, especially if you're trying to, to these in, in, in more modern times, you know, what, what is it like to be a young woman, you know, 28, 29, 30 years old, her 30th birthday in the film is a really important, you know, uh, turning point for, as it is for most, you know, people in life, but, you know, how do you not make that trivial? How do you, how do you actually kind of, you know, spin it in, in the filmmakers here? I, I liked their approach. What they did was basically take a sort of a, 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 a chapter approach to things, you know, at the very beginning of the movie, there's like, uh, worst person in the world, you know, prologue, 12 chapters, epilogue. Uh, and, and they, they frame it that way, you know, we'll go to black and then come in somewhere else and we'll have we'll move on to the next chapter of her life you know and in, in in what's going you know and what's going on but this film opens so beautifully we on a beautiful uh rooftop and you can hear like a party going on in the background and it's kind of you know twilight time it's golden hour this beautiful young woman standing there kind of side view of the camera and she's the only one composed in the shot and she's smoking a cigarette and kind of just looking out into the the vista you know and uh she doesn't say a word and she just kind of turns and she picks up her phone and sort of pops at it and looks at it and goes uh, like that and then we cut to the title this is julie you know this is who we're actually going to follow so what's interesting to me about this type of opening is is like it's almost what you come to find out is like your first reaction is oh no you know what kind you know who is it really the worst person right. you know is this a literal thing we're thinking about you know with this title just like about instantly my mind went to things about entitlement and you know all of these things and it's a she's wearing a very fancy cocktail you know i'm just like oh lord is this going to be you know one of the and of course no you know it, it they then turn it back and say you know this is julie like we have narration you know this is julie and she thought she was going to be a doctor and then she realized that she really didn't like the idea of being a doctor so she said she's going to be a psychologist mm. well turns out that she likes photography a lot so now she's going to go to school to be a photographer and it keeps cutting in between like her and her telling her mom no no this is this is who i am this is you know and her mom's like okay okay um 
as as long as it's something you want to do and something you love, you know. So we follow her really quickly through montage kind of in in in, in this progression and see how she sort of has very flippant relationships with 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 men and and you know she <laughs> she she makes people jealous and uh you know all of these things and it 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 gets to the point where they steamroll to chapter one so this is all like the prologue and then okay. chapter one is when she meets the first real man in her life who really makes her say whoa hang on a second i want to I want to actually have a relationship. I want to live with this person, and he's right. a uh, he's a, a a a a graphic novelist, a cartoonist, uh, and he uh, he kind of does underground crumb like uh, uh, comics with an X, you know, uh, type things, and they just they just hit it off, and we get to spend some time with them, you know, and, and see this relationship develop and see her struggle with one he's older than she is he's in his 40s and he's told her he's just like i'm looking you know we're at two different phases of you know our life i mean i want to be with you you obviously want to be with me they move in together you know but she still has no career she's got no real direction you know and he works i mean he just you know he's all the time he works and he's available but you know questions begin to arise in her about what do I really want to do? Am I happy? Am, am I, you know, gosh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm 45 and I, I felt this movie begin to really overwhelm me with mm. remembering being 30 and remembering going, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, that is a shitty feeling. Like that is because at least for me, and you can speak to this, so your experience is like the older that I've gotten, you know, you, you kind of do one of these, you kind of push that, you know, you sweep it away because you don't, you become very focused in your life about, you know, moving forward. Cause the only way forward is through. Right. And, and you just forget these little instances in life. Like there's a really interesting chapter in here about cheating and it's literally called cheating. The chapter is called cheating. And she's, attended a party with him and he's having a big book launch and she's obviously it comes to you come in this chapter you come to find out that the opening shot of the film is from the party so she's just in a bad place you know and feels you know kind of useless and and not you know she's like i'm gonna walk home and he's like are you sure and she's like yeah so she goes on this walkabout and just trying to soak in everything it's really gripping moment where she turns to the city in the sky and she's on the road and she just looks she starts crying you know I'm just like god that that unspoken frustration you know it's just like I'm so full of ideas and I have like a million things I want to do but I don't know how the how the hell to do them you know um and and so she comes upon a wedding uh after party happening for a wedding and uh she basically crashes it um and you know gets to drinking and talking to other people and she meets this guy and he's into her and she's into him and they just start to talk openly about like well I'm with someone well I'm with someone too well I love them well I love them too and they start to debate what is infidelity like how far can you go and 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 there the filmmakers and the writers and so good it's just like he's he like takes the bottle of beer from her and goes and drinks from her and he goes is that cheating 
And she goes, no, I don't think so. You know what I mean? Like it becomes so flirtatious, but yet these are really good questions they're asking. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, what is the line? You know, I mean, we, you obviously go course, like, you know, having sex or kissing someone, but I mean, what, you know, this is an interesting, you know, question that, that they're, that they're bringing up. So, you know, she has this and they part ways at the end of the chapter and, you know, she, he, he's going to tell her his last name and she goes, no, no, don't do that. Don't tell me your last name because I'll stalk you on Facebook. I mean, that just that very openness, you know, and, and of course they meet again later because, you know, you meet who you meet and sometimes you're just fated to run into the same people again. But yeah, you know, the, the, the whole approach of this film is really devastating to me because it, 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 they also craft this film using pop music and uh, originally scored music and it's all Joey, it's perfect. Like it's just perfect it, it, in the way that it's conveying mood, uh, the rights, again, the right songs in the right place. I mean, there's even a Christopher, Christopher Cross's uh, 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 run like the wind. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. is in there, you know, this, this very, you know, early eighties song is in this current day film and perfectly placed like as far as what it's trying to what it's trying to accomplish uh also the, this film is just cinematographic gorgeous i mean this is uh, uh denmark you know in 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 it, it it's oh my god you know the the lighting the streets the the feeling of everything uh takes us through to the different seasons um and the emotions and then <clears throat> There's this unbelievably fantastic magical realism moment that happens. She's she's debated on leaving the cartoonist for the guy that she met because they had they eventually, like I said, they you know meet each other again. And she wakes up one morning and the cartoonist is like, You want some coffee? And she's like, sure. And you can see she's thinking, and she reaches over on the wall and flips the light switch. And you see the cartoonist stop mid-pour. They now use it as a filmic technique. The whole world has stopped. And she and the other guy are the only only energetic because love is that way, right? She runs to him and the whole world has stopped though. And everyone is frozen in play. It, it's a great mix of practical, like having people stand still and obvious, you know, very high end CGI, you know, composites because they do, they do some 360s. Uh, that's just not you just can't that's not going to work for a freezing and act they're just not right. just not technically capable but yeah it, you know getting in julie's mindset and seeing that life is messy and you know when do we all figure it out yeah i well that's a that's quite a interesting counterbalance to uh arm wrestling truck drivers but uh i but uh, you know there are movies jeff that can do i mean they're kind of like uh then and they're not nostalgia although no. they, can, they can encourage nostalgia right but they're mm-hmm. not nostalgic in their intentionality but they're really trying to get at something that is uh real or authentic and yes and this is and this is a hard trick like i said earlier it's like it's not easy you know american films do that rom-com thing and usually do it badly uh and you know uh sort of 
uh, downplay the female characters. Uh, you know, even if the female's the lead, a lot of times it's like a, like a lot of those Anne Hathaway vehicles. You know, from the night. You know, it's just like she's up and coming. You know, it's just like they mask any true uh, emotions or feelings. And this movie, let me. You know, this movie isn't like raw. It, it's its intention is not to rip out your heart. You know, it's just trying and succeeding at presenting a real three-dimensional person you know at a at a very crucial age uh in in our developmental life you know in in the filmmakers i was watching an interview with them i'll try to post it um they were talking about like the major influences of this film were uh the comedies of george cukor uh the work of ingmar bergman uh uh annie hall specifically uh, they specifically pointed to Annie Hall many times, um, and and that made me think. Go back and think about Annie Hall, you know, because I was just like, I can see that, yeah, you know. Um, I know people usually lean more towards Manhattan, yeah. but you know, Annie Hall, there's a real tenderness in Annie Hall. Oh yeah, sure. Um, I think I think it's that it's they're trying to get at something that's truthful, right, mm-hmm. and that's also universal, um, but without doing some sort of Hollywoodization to it where you I don't know you have to oversell that you know maybe the character is already like a very successful ad executive and they're still not happy with their life because they don't have love or something like that you Mm -hmm. know it's but this is starting from a different place you know and trying to capture a different part of the process where you're figuring out not just your identity, but what your purpose is, right? Yeah. I mean, it ends up that her longest lasting job is working in a bookstore, which she's still working at, at the end of the film. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, because that's the reality. Um, yes. You know, and so there can be a beauty, because it sounds like what, I haven't seen this, but I'm, I'm certainly intrigued. It sounds like they have sort of framed it with all of the cinema mechanics that you need to sort of, you know, keep it from being that kind of raw, right? It's mm-hmm. beautiful. It's got great music. It's, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's uh, that sort of masks the literary structure that it seems to mm-hmm. have. Um, but, uh, but you could do that and you could, you could come with something. I think sometimes even some people may argue with me because they might say, well, if they're using some of the, um, you know, aesthetic and technical conventions mm-hmm. to pull you out of the, but I, it sounds to me like this is complimentary. It's not meant Absolutely. to pull you out. It's meant to mm-hmm. augment what's actually going on in front yeah. of you and maybe even trigger you like to remember a certain point in your life where you were dealing with something that's uh, similar in conflict to that, or, mm-hmm. or you've asked those same questions or you've, you know, you've had that same relationship moment where you realize that you know you were just going different ways and it's not that's not it's not easy it's actually it's not easy but it's not the end of the world but it's not it's but but it's actually hopeful because there's a new beginning for you you know there's Mm -hmm. there's something new awaiting for you um Mm -hmm. i always go back to that movie i don't want to sidetrack us too much but i always go back to that adrian line movie indecent proposal where that caused so much crap you know it it caused (laughs) so much discussion about and nowadays i guess it's just goofy right well i, I was gonna say the premise because though is i'll is just ridiculous. sell feet i'll just sell feet pics on only fans and make money right uh, and that yeah. you know but i mean in the day 
you know, Robert Redford offering a million dollars to sleep with your wife. And Mm -hmm. then you could just pretend that you can go on with your life and nothing's going to change. It's so naive to think. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet everybody was so captivated by that movie. Oh my God. It was in the cultural conversation for like a year. Um, It was just, it was just fascinating to me. So, I mean, I do think that, 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 uh, that concept of, um, and it probably in in um, in this movie that you were talking mm-hmm. about uh, goes back to that sense of trying to figure out, you know, well, well, what would I do in this scenario, or what are the yeah. ethics of my choices, or what, mm-hmm. you know, what, what am I, what have, what's my track record, what's what's led me to this, um, you know, the movie is really probably trying to tease out those those emotions right discussions yeah yeah i mean we're talking about time and and love and loss and mortality you know and and by the way this is just you know this is just one the the infidelity thing is just one aspect of this film like that you know she also confronts you know do i want to be a mother you know do do i want you know do i want a child so that that comes actually that i think that's if i'm not mistaken chapter two i i, I should have taken more detailed notes on the chapters but i was just captivated yeah, by yeah. watching it you know yeah. um and also with subtitles again you, you got to give it your attention although that never bothered me uh uh one moment because well subtitles just don't bother me in general um because <laughs> people go how do you watch something with subtitles i'm like well how do you read a book you know what I mean? I'm just kind of like, well, you know, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. Okay. Mr. Literature. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but, but uh, no, I mean, I know where you're going with that, but I would think these days, most people are watching with captions on anyway, because audio mm-hmm. mixing is so terrible uh, these days. I mean, oh, the I, streaming yeah, services have ruined. I said audio. it, I'll say yeah. it again. Yeah. Streaming services, audio mixing is horrible. Yeah. Dialogue is way too low. Sound effects are way too high. Um, it's just, it's just <clears> not usually mixed well. Uh, and so you're constantly messing with the volume, but most of the time the subtitles are, you know, are not an issue because you're already watching mm-hmm. something with captions anyway. So, you know, that, that's not an excuse for me anymore. When people say, oh, it's, it's got subtitles, it's in, I'm like, get, get over yourself. Come on, get, yeah. get in the 2022 bandwagon, man. Everybody's watching something with captions at some point. Um, so that, that should not be a distraction, but anyway. Um, yeah, those questions of parenthood in general. I love the fact that it's a female protagonist. I love that you know mm-hmm. that, that that it's exploring it for, from that angle. Um, certainly, um, it's different, you know, um, for uh, for both, you know, in in that process, of a man and a woman in that process determining um, the parenting. But that does seem to be something that is quintessentially female right there's like this at least at least in america (laughs) there's this assumption that oh well you're gonna have a kid right and be a mom at some point it's like i don't know and that's why i bring that back around to the again this this film gives us a three-dimensional person you know this this isn't a cookie cutter or template and they're not afraid to show the mistakes you know and this is so refreshing yeah and in the current climate of how we represent people on screen now it could be male could be female i don't care it's just like showing me a coming of age and 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 really not sugarcoating it you Mm -hmm. know but but at the same time doing it again great trick in this film from these creators and these these 
these actors is like they're so fully engaged in it and it's just so believable i mean it's just a really bravado film you know mm. that that just you know you're angry you laugh you cry it's the old you know hey hollywood hey want me to laugh want to make it cry going to do this going to do that you know here at capital pictures we make wrestling films right it's just like you know <laughs> it is it's got that flavor yeah. to it yeah, yeah. If you want to get in touch with us about the show, it's pretty easy. You can do it a number of ways. Uh, you can email us lonelyphds at gmail.com. Uh, you can click on the link in our show notes to our Discord, uh, where we post uh, materials about the show, shows we're going to do, shows we've done, uh, and overall just, you know, whatever we feel like. Uh, if you have not subscribed to the show, and I would go, why haven't you subscribed to the show? But I'm also very welcoming in this aspect. Uh, please do. Uh, you can uh, rate review and subscribe to the show on apple google and a whole plethora of places just go to our podbean landing page uh, is usually the easiest way because we've put little clickable links up there but if not that's cool too however you ingest your media is is as they say do your business it's your business uh and and make that happen but uh until next time i'm dr jeffrey hayes i'm dr joseph watson we'll see you